0: Welcome everybody to Kenter at your own risk. My name is Kent, and this is episode number six. Today's date is May 8th, 2019. Chris and I are back to talk about the fourth episode of the last season of Game of Thrones. Chris, how are you?
1: Well, if I told you my knees are bruised, I hope you take it in the right way and (laughs) Not in the innuendo that I'm sure everybody's got popping into their minds right now. But I had a drill at work yesterday and kneeling in a firing position with my rifle for like six hours because of lightning. Uh, Yeah, uh, they're not really black and blue, more like yellow and purple.
0: Oof. Oddly enough, I just finished watching something where I commented openly about my... It took place in Japan. I don't know if you've ever seen Takashi Mike's imprint.
1: I have not, but I've seen it. excuse me, Uh-oh. other things by
0: Yeah, like you know, it takes place in Japan and I'm sitting there like, God, my niece would be killing me if I had to be in Japan. Also, in that movie was an incestual relationship and I was like, Huh, that's a sign that I'm ready for Game of Thrones conversation, I guess.
1: What a way to segue. <laughs>
0: Uh, you know. Um So I, I know this is something that I I kinda of wanna ask at the end, but I'm afraid that I'm gonna to forget to ask. Um And I'm not sure if there was a definitive answer. I'll I'll ask you this. Do you feel that there's a definitive answer as to why this episode was called The Last of the Starks? Uh
1: no. I've seen a lot of um discussion about that too. Like People were like, seriously, what the fuck does it have to do with being the last of the Starks? You know, with some people thinking that, like, all of them are going to get got. Some of them wondering if it, you know, is because John finally came out and told her buddy. But, you know, who the fuck knows? Um, I
0: I thought it was just an odd title considering what the episode gave us, you know? Yeah. Like, no Starks died in the making of this episode, so... It's Just weird, I guess, but um, I don't know, maybe we'll come back to that at the end and come up with some fucking crazy theories or whatever I don't know, but um, let's start off with like gosh, what seemed like the first five eight minutes was uh a ceremony to honor those that died from previous episode uh there's not a lot to say as far as content goes, but I thought it was filmed really well i I i thought it was a great scene it just there's not much to say about
1: it i guess yeah no they did a good job um with how they filmed it what they put in you know uh again it was one of like the few times they give john something to do where he's not being stupid so he looks like you know actually somebody that people would follow Uh, The only thing I can add is that I guess my grandmother, when she was watching last week, didn't actually realize that Jorah had died. She just thought he was injured, so, like, she was completely crushed that Ian Glenn was dead at the beginning of the episode, because I guess she had the hots for him. Not that I can blame her being, you know, 94. So, you go, Gog.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, damn. Um... Did you see, uh, I once again, I'm just going on a tangent here, did you see, I think it was last week, the old lady in the hospice that uh, all she wanted before she died was to see that last week's episode, and so they showed it to her and, like, ten of the cast members actually like sent her videos. Did you see any of that?
1: No, that would have been cool, though. Maybe like, maybe she'd be like, oh, I'm dying, I'm dying, I need Lena Hedy to come visit me. <laughs>
0: It, it was funny, like, the people that did send her videos, I, Davos was, like, the biggest one, but, like, one of, one of them was Miron Miran M- M- Trant? Tr- Tr- God damn it, what the hell is this real...
1: Miran M- Trant? M- Trant? Tr- Tr- yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, he hasn't been in since, what, season five?
0: Right, like, it's such a random person to send, like, hey, thank you for enjoying our show, sorry you're gonna die, like... It's a weird guy to do that, you know? Well,
1: not only is that a weird guy, that's just a weird message. Hey, thanks. Have fun dying. How, how, like, what do you say to somebody like that? I, I don't... I, I don't know
0: how... I don't know. I think that's probably why only, like, weird, random people sent her a video, I think. Like, I'm um, one of the bigger members of the Dothraki, I guess, like, from earlier seasons.
1: Oh, and, like, if I'd been, if I'd been like, um... Kit Harrington would have been like, Thank you for watching our show. And now your watch has ended, you know? Something like that.
0: Oh, that would have been <coughs> Yeah, yeah, that that would have or <sighs> what the hell is the ironborn? Like what's dead may uh, never die yeah, or something what, like that? What is
1: dead can never die.
0: Yeah. See, that also would have been cool.
1: Which makes me wonder if they have, like, Cthulhu hiding out underneath, like, the Iron Islands, and he's just, like, tentacles up every once in a while. Hey!
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Alright, so, the next part of this podcast, probably for the next half hour, is going to be a fucking mess, because... If you watch the episode, it's this big celebration and there's a many characters interacting and then you go off to another group and then another group and like characters keep mixing and mingling and I'm going to try my best to ask this in good enough sections so we can dissect it, but I can't guarantee anything. Uh, first thing we had was Gendry and Hound, Hound making a sex joke and I think the first big part of this was Danny making Gendry the lord of the Stormlands because, because, quote, because that is what I made you. And then Davos was like, here, here, to the lord of the fucking Stormlands. And uh, everybody's pretty happy, aside from the hound. And my first question to you is, was this a political move by Danny?
1: Straight up, straight up political, like, if you didn't see the conniving in her eyes, then I'd say you probably were the kind of person who voted for Trump. But, um yeah, like... It sh- I don't think anything would have happened, but all of a sudden people are like, oh, he's the kind of man who should be king for riding a dragon. And she's like, fuck that. Hey, Gendry, you want to you wanna come be my little bitch boy now? And it worked. It... it
0: yeah, it, it worked, and... Obviously, uh, there's more on Gendry in a little bit, but this was like the first of many minor to major political moves that I felt Danny made throughout this episode. I, I, if I could sum up this whole episode, it is Danny making fucking political moves for better or worse. Um, so let's see, there was some Jamie and Brienne, but we'll get to that a little later. Davos talked to Tyrion about his disdain for Melisandre Hound has the huge jug of wine Uh, I guess the next most interesting thing uh, was Tyrion and Bran for me and uh, Bran said he wasn't going to be the lord of Winterfell because he doesn't want it and he mostly lives in the past now can he see into the future as well or only in the
1: past? no idea Okay.
0: okay That's something that we Sorry, don't didn't mean Sorry,
1: I didn't mean to ran into parade, but no idea.
0: Okay, I, I, well, I, I trust in your knowledge in the book, so, you
1: know, it's one of yeah, these things that... that is why but, you will always
0: fail, Kent. I, I am so used to... Like, <laughs> I've never been able to scrub the scent of failure off of me. It's just permeating through my pores, okay?
1: I realize that I probably know so much less about the books than I think I do, but I talk so authoritatively that it sounds like I'm an expert, so...
0: You're still the only person that I talk to that actually has read the books, so I still base most of my uh, questioning and knowledge off of what you say. So if you're completely misleading me, you're making me look like a goddamn fool. So kudos No, to
1: that. Un- Unfortunately, no. We just, we've just <laughs> we never gotten any glimpse of Bran actually really using his powers because basically it stops. I think there might have been one chapter with him being trained by the Three-Eyed Raven, but it stopped after he got there. So, you know, we've never seen him meet the White Walkers in the past to get that handprint burned on his arm. We've never seen him see that the children of the forest actually were the people who turned, you know, created the White Walkers. We've never seen him go back and see that uh, Leanna had a baby before, you know, Ned got there and he never killed, you know, the Sword of the Morning. We never saw any of that shit because that's all been post-last book published.
0: Gotcha. Um, I know I've probably asked you this uh, ad nauseum, but since there's not much—I mean, Brand's in one other scene, but he's not really the major player in it—I'll ask this. Uh, do you see anything big for him remaining? Like, I—I I mean, I—I I know that there's still, like, obviously, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I can surmise and take a few guesses, but everything that I picture or imagine i just don't picture Bran having a huge role moving forward do you
1: i think we're either gonna see very little of him or possibly like the biggest thing that i could picture would be maybe in the last episode when everything is is wrapping up if everything wraps up neatly would be like him kind of doing like a farewell i've got to go north of the wall to go take up my position as the three-eyed raven inside the giant would tree up, you know, where the old dude used to be. So see ya.
0: Did that tree get f- completely fucked up or is it relatively fine? Do you think?
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, it could for all intents and purposes, it could be gone. It could still be there if they need it for a plot purpose. You know, I don't see it playing too much of a, uh, sequence into events, considering, again, like you said, we have, what, maybe three, four hours worth of screen time left?
0: Yeah, I would say three hours is prob. I mean, f- three and a half, I think, is probably pushing it, because every time that, like, I see, like, ooh, 90 minutes, and then I'm like, well, there's the credits, and then the two fucking producer guys have to talk. So cut basically 15 minutes off of whatever time you see when you start it, and that's kind of where we're
1: at exactly here. i was like oh it's gonna be an hour and a half episode and then it ended in an hour and 15 i was like oh it's not gonna be an hour and a half episode
0: do you find the the stuff afterward like when they talk about do you do you find it interesting or no
1: i don't watch it typically because most of the time i'm watching it as a repeat on like hbo go so they have it separated out by that time
0: oh so it's like okay. a,
1: it's like a separate video for me gotcha uh, although, like for example, this week I was actually off on Sunday, so I watched this episode as it aired. But I forgot about it because I was like, "Oh, I gotta go play Destiny." Um, so, you know, priorities. Exactly.
0: Actually, I think. Uh, actually, I think I was playing Borderlands when it started, and I think I. I noticed that if I don't watch exactly live, like when it, like if I don't start it exactly at nine, if I give it like. 15 20 minutes, the stream seems better.
1: So, the other thing I did not know, and my wife showed me, and I guess I'm just a Luddite when it comes to like modern technology, I did not know that when you're watching something live on HBO, you could pause it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like It's very nice. How does this work? <laughs> this, is, this is black magic. <laughs> I, what do you doing, I thought- woman? <laughs> <laughs> Devil woman <laughs> It's like is, is the shadow demon Going to pop out now
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic I thought you were Actually going to go For the uh, Starbucks story But You, you, you know what surprising. I
1: didn't notice When I was watching it
0: Does not make a Goddamn I mean, bit of Difference to you At all
1: <laughs> No Especially because Now like Outside of the people Who ca- captured it They've uh, Photoshopped it Or whatever you use When you actually Clean up film You know Digitally to remove it so it's no longer in there if you go and rewatch the episode. So, you know, for me it was like a moot point. For yeah. for all I know it could have been photoshopped in after I watched it just for people to have fun, but you know, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, that many people would have done that and gotten into it without making it a big deal, you know, if it had been hadn't been real. Yeah, it's
0: it's a I I guess it's a quaint little asterisk for this episode and that's about all there's like The internet was going crazy about that that day when I was just like, okay, it's a, I mean, it's a fuck up, uh, but pretty much every film has a fuck up. I mean, how many times have you
1: seen like a boom mic fall into frame, you know, even for just a second or like a shadow from one of the crew be in there when it's not supposed to be?
0: Yeah. Or the shadow like moving like because you've been filming all day. That is a huge problem that I ran into years ago. Shadows suck when filming. Just just throwing that out there for any aspiring filmmakers, keep check check your shadows and uh, yeah, that's one thing to put on your checklist. Uh, all right. We'll move on uh, let's see. In Tormon's Mind Vomiting is Celebration, so that was fun. Uh Tormon toasts Danny and Danny toasted to Arya in the second political move of the episode. Uh, Sansa was kind of like giving the fucking stank eye as Sansa's like perfected the season. And we had Tyrion, Jamie Brand, Pod playing the drinking game that ended awkwardly. And we will continue to ignore the Jamie Brand thing until later because, you know, uh, <sighs> Sansa does not trust Danny at all like I liked how they did this did you like it?
1: at at one point you have to be like what the fuck is your fucking thinking here I mean nobody no way without her do you come out to a positive conclusion no matter what you want to look at Um, there was no way that the Starks were going to win uh freedom for the North against Cersei without Danny, there was no way they were going to win the battle for Winterfell without Danny. so you know to be just completely and totally hostile to her I don't understand it I mean I can understand being questioning and being the the voice of reason and being like listen stop thinking with your penis think logically about these things but she's just coming at it from like nothing you can do will ever be good enough you know if if they had had more time and they established like she was in love with John, I could fucking understand where this is coming but it's almost like just fucking jealousy. Yeah, I don't get it.
0: Yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of pettiness, and yet simul- like there are two sides to this and neither one's really wrong. Like, yes, you needed Danny, you needed the fucking dragon, you needed their help, or else everybody was fucked. Simultaneously, that doesn't mean after the fact that you just have to agree with the war hero, so to speak. I kind of like how they're doing this in that regard, because yeah, you want a war doesn't mean you're a great leader political-wise, you know what I mean?
1: No, uh, I mean, like let's look at like the whole thing where like, how long of a rest are you asking? I'd have been like, I don't know, fucking, how about seven days? Does seven days work for your fucking timeline?
0: Yeah, I... That whole thing irritated me. It was yeah. like...
1: Do you understand where I'm yeah. coming from, though? I mean, it's like she asks her a question, which is kind of imperious and stupid, but instead of giving her a fucking solid answer, which would have fucking pac- pacified her or told her to shut the fuck up, she responds in a fucking... just an antagonistic way. I mean... It,
0: she this, responded in the most Game of Thrones way possible, I can, though, um, right? I can
1: understand why people... You know, I love this show, but I can understand why people watch it. And they're like, "God, everybody just makes the stupidest fucking decisions ever in order to make it as soap opery as possible."
0: Why do we like things that involve stupid decisions? Like you and I love horror movies. We love this shit. Like, is it like that we give ourselves like a feeling of superiority? Do you think like that's uh, part of the psyche of it?
1: I, I was talking with my brother the other day because he was. He was like telling me, oh, I rewatched Beastmaster. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't fucking hold up, does it? He's like, no, it doesn't. He's like the fucking badass, you know, the leader of the Jon Horde actually stabs himself with this fucking spiked mace. I'm like, yes, I do remember that. And uh, I was like, it's, it's just sad that we either get like something on the lines of Lord of the Rings budget fantasy movie. You know, I would consider Game of the Thrones up there, even though, you know, budgetarily it's not as up there. I mean, it's what, one of the most expensive TV shows ever produced but we don't we don't get any of like that B level fantasy kind of stuff that we used to see. I mean, there's no more Her- adventures of hercules, there's no more beast masters or crawls or death stalkers or shit like that being made, you know. So we either have you know we have superhero movies out the out the ass, we have sci-fi some of it great, some of it not, but still being produced all over the place, but we don't really have any other uh fantasy series going on except game of thrones right now so i mean if you want that genre in your life good or bad like it or not this is all you have at this point
0: all right so i i hate to say this but while i was taking a shower today like this came in my head i'm like why does every fucking fantasy thing have to like have like fucking british accents like pretend like it's fucking medieval times and fire and lightning and shit like that i'm like is does does something fantasy like is there something fantasy that applies to present day or do we just call that superhero shit like is that the equivalent
1: uh, i mean i guess the equivalent for that would almost be yeah you'd have superheroes and you'd have like the supernatural kind of shows you know like the the stuff with wizards and vampires and werewolves and shit, but at the same time modernizing it, you're still missing out on like that that whole fantasy feel, you know, people in swords running around in armor, running around fighting each other. You know,
0: I know. I'm just trying to work. change it up a little bit, man, because.
1: I, I think a lot of that comes because a they they haven't had a lot of success in the field, you know, with big. uh movie productions and what they have has has been because of like say Tolkien I mean after Tolkien wrote the Lord of the Rings you know for the next 20-25 years everything that came out was Lord of the Rings you know with just different characters and shit but he based you know Lord of the Rings and the predecessors that he wrote straight on you know like uh, Norse and Welsh and British mythology you know so that would be a good portion of why everything that imitates him looks like that part of the world. I mean, I would love to see you know some fantastical like Asian stuff, which I guess actually probably gets made, but we just don't get as much of it over here as uh, as you know like we could because there's not as big a market for it.
0: Sure, uh, I don't know. It, it just like it wasn't like I was critical of it it was like I was thinking like if somebody just said it in modern day but with the fantasy element what would it look like and the only thing I could think of realistically was a superhero film and I'm like well what if we you know but as you said like the vampires and shit like I'm glad I asked the question because you, you gave me a lot of good answers and reasoning so I, I, I'm i satisfied to to the extent that I'm going to be satisfied with
1: my question. Um, I mean, because I, I think the more you set something like... I mean, look at, like, Reign of Fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or... Um, I mean, the the closer you set it to modern day, you know, as soon as you start introducing, like, guns and stuff, the more science fiction anything is going to look, I think.
0: I Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it, it does. I mean, technology ruins a good portion of the fantasy on and that's why you have sci-fi, I, I guess. Like, yeah, it makes sense. It does. Um, I don't know. I'm satisfied. But let me say, uh, moving on here, we had. Uh, well, you brought it up. You know how fucking Tormund was talking about John fucking riding that thing, and you could see Danny. Yeah, and and. I I was so excited because we finally saw Varys kind of had that look. I'm like, oh my god, Varys might get a scene this episode, and he got multiple scenes. But like that, this scene excited me just for no other reason other than I was like, oh, Varys got like a glimpse. That was great. I was happy. Um. Oh wow. Okay. You know what? I'm seeing. <laughs> uh, this is unprofessional, but I'm seeing where all the stuff that I wrote. Uh, later on that I thought I missed. I'm finding it right now. Did so, you,
1: did you uh, do the thing where you're typing and you accidentally mouse up and it puts it in an earlier spot in your document?
0: <laughs> yeah, that
1: is... I do that it, all the but, time, too.
0: Um, Alright, this, this is good. This actually makes me happy because I found exactly the beginning and end so I can just copy and paste it. How exciting. Um, real-time fuckery. Okay, going back... Um, god damn it, the line with Tormund now which one of you cowers shit in me pants <laughs> I thought that was probably the line of the fucking episode for me
1: uh, you know, not only that, I just like the fact that like Tormund, as soon as you fight with him, you're like a friend of his, so like he's barely known these guys for like fucking three days, you know or, you know, like maybe, I don't know, six episodes but, um, you know, just the fact that they fought with him, he's, like, willing to go around and fuck around with him and say something like that to them. Like, yeah, that made me laugh my ass off, dude. That was a good line.
0: It was, and then it was immediately followed by Tormon kind of, uh, I don't know, getting shot down a little bit by Brian and then we had the so- sad Tormon face, and then he went to talk to the Hound, of all people, because the Hound's gonna lend a sympathetic ear, obviously. Um, we had a chick named Willa, which I was like, Really you're gonna reuse the name Willa? But that was the name of the girl that offered herself up to Tormund. Um I didn't catch the other name of the uh second girl that offered herself to the hound, but he growled at her and I appreciate the hound growling at somebody. And this led to Hound and Sansa having their little talk and you know, like there I do I don't wanna say there was regret, but he you know, basically he says, you know, your life would have been better off had you just left me when I left King's Landing. And she's like, well, I kind of had to experience what I experienced in order to be who I am. And she also had the line about how she gave, gave it to Ramsey with the hounds. I loved, I loved everything except I felt sad for Tormund, but I really liked everything else about this. What were your thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, I liked it a lot too. Um, you know, you get scenes like that with Sansa where I'm like, yeah, okay, that I like about the character. And then she does fucking something stupid, like, in the next scene that she's in, and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, would she just shut the fuck up? Um, but yeah, no, I liked, like, I gave it to him with the hounds, and then, you know, the whole, let me clasp his hand kind of thing.
0: I, you know, the more, I I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm a huge fan of the hound. I notice, like, it's next to impossible to have a bad scene. Like, if you're a person playing opposite the Hound, it's next to impossible to have a bad scene.
1: Well, like he's he's you know he's just such a sympathetic character because he's somebody that everybody can, everybody's been bullied at one point or another, so everybody can understand, you know, the need to lash out and withdraw and be afraid because of being different or what what have you, you know, and not everybody. Looks like he does, but everybody's felt that sometime or another. So him being as sympathetic as he is, and the guy does a great job of, um, you know, bringing that out without necessarily being blatant about showing it. It's really hard to, to not be able to play off that in a scene with him.
0: And am I alone in saying that this season his hair looks super soft compared to any other season?
1: I would not say that, but. I uh, typically not staring at his hair, you know the softness of it when I when he's on screen.
0: I, I'm telling you, look at it next time. Tell me his hair doesn't look a little soft. I, I, that's all I'm saying. I I I I know what that sounds like. I know, but you know what? I'm a bald guy, and I can admire some nice looking hair from time to time. And I'm invoking that uh, that right now. And also, you know, you mentioned like the whole bullying thing. It, like, I really. I mean, it's not heavy-handed, but I mean, the physical scar on his face, I mean, really kind of represents everybody's, you know, emotional scars from being bullying. Like, he's really a great character. I don't know. I just really like him. Uh, Let's see.
1: It would have been really easy to make him completely one-note, you know, like either A, he's always an asshole, or B, after you find out, you know, why he was such a dick in the first place, then he reforms, and he's a completely different character than he is now. But no, they made him two-dimensional. You know, he understands where he came from. He's changed, but he's still a fucking asshole. You know, he's, he's, he's not going to change that much.
0: I just remembered the question I had to ask you. I'm going to write it down. I'm very excited. Um... Yeah, Hound Hound was one of the most fleshed out, well done characters that. You know, he had like. He didn't have a tremendous amount of screen time, but he had enough screen time that you could get into his character, I guess. Um, Next up, another scene that kind of made me sad, but whatever. Uh, Arya Gendry. Gendry wanted her to be his lady. She can't be. I think. Even if I wanted it to happen, I mean, I think we all kind of knew that she couldn't. She couldn't be the lady. Like that's just her. Uh, I I really like the acting in this scene. What are your thoughts?
1: Um, I knew they weren't gonna end up together since the act, and you know, she's just got that look on, like, well, I did this, but you know, what's next? Um, yeah, like. I was reading somebody say, you know, they, they really thought that she was in love with him. I don't know. I don't think that she was in love with him. I think he might've been like her first crush, but I don't think Arya really thinks of, she never really thought about love as in like, Oh, you know, my, my whole job is to grow up and marry somebody. So I'm going to hope I can fall in love with him. Like Sansa did, you know, where like she could overlook Joffrey's faults at the beginning because she wanted so much to be in love with the person that she was going to marry. Um, and at this point, I mean who knows if Arya's any more or less human than, you know, Bran is for say, you know, in regards to just humanity. You know, I have a feeling that she uh if she survives, it's not gonna be by much. I could see her being one of the people who dies in order to conclude whatever events are going to occur in King's Landing, so
0: Yeah, I mean right from the get-go, they made, you know, Sansa and Arya two very different people, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, like, if you think about, like, the journey we've seen Arya on, like, at no point would you sit there and be like, yeah, she's definitely thinking about settling down and getting married. No. Like, she's basically been forced to live the uh, fantasy thug life, if you will. Like, she's a badass and, like, I don't know. I can't... There's not a dude that... I don't know. It just wouldn't work. And that's what makes her a cool character, though, too. I did feel bad for Gendry, though. I, I did, but... Hey, at least he's going to be the lord of the Stormlands, so... I don't know. It was bittersweet for me. Alright. I feel this is the appropriate time to finally talk about Brandon and Jamie because... They had their their scene after whatever they got naked, they, they had sex and I'm sure there is a large sect of people that are fans of the show that were really happy that this happened. I didn't care one way or the other. What were your thoughts?
1: Um Well poor torment, first of all. Oh yeah. Uh no, it was okay. I mean that definitely shows Pretty much, I think, what's going to happen with Jamie down the line. Um, you know, what's going to happen with Brienne, too. So, you know, like a lot of the conjecture that we had leading up into the season was, you know, things could go one way or another, or, you know, some third way that we can't even see from this point. But point like as we've gone, you know, episode by episode, it's easier to see, you know, okay, well, this now is going to go this way. And I think it pretty much shows, like, What's gonna happen? I think Jamie is definitely biting it next episode, whether it's killing Cersei or being killed by Cersei, you know it.
0: Yeah, I mean, two weeks ago, I it was very questionable whether we would have ever gotten this scene because two weeks ago a lot of people were predicting either Brienne or Jamie to get killed in the third episode. So it was nice that it happened, that but yeah, it, was, it is what it is, and it foreshadows. As you said, it alludes to. Well, there's another scene to come that we can kind of more go on some assumptions here, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I enjoy ragging on Danny. And the next scene was Danny basically telling John that he could not tell his family who he was. And I completely understand where she was coming from. And yet, simultaneously, I'm like, there's no way in hell John's going to be able to bite his tongue.
1: I mean, at this point. He, they've already seen what happens when you tell Jon to lie. I mean, she knows firsthand, you know, like, all right, yeah, lie to her, lie to Cersei. Nope, I'm Jon Snow, I'm completely honest everywhere I go. Oh, don't tell your family. Oh, you want me to lie to them? Yes. Well, that's not going to work. I mean, she, to. she should have been like, got him in the middle, you know, right in the middle of the act and right as he's about to come. she had have been like, oop, nope, stop, stop. You want to finish? <laughs> Don't tell your family. <laughs> <laughs> there was ways that she could. I
0: mean, he he was raised by fucking Edard Stark. I, I mean, it only makes sense for him to have this nobility, whatever you want to term you want to use. Like, uh, you you can't expect him to do anything else other than what he does in two scenes from now. But I I I, I liked that Danny did. Try her best. Uh, I don't know. Danny's... I don't know. We'll talk more about Danny, obviously. Uh, It's just... They've really done interesting things with her, especially this episode, I would say.
1: She, for me, is most up in the air over what's going to happen with her. Because there's so many things that... She could go fucking crazy. This could be like a red herring making us think that she's going to go crazy, and then she turns back to normal, and we end up with a happy ending. Which... I'm saying we probably won't get just because it's Game of Thrones. Um, She could turn on Jon. She could not turn... You know, I mean, like, right now she is in so many different spots.
0: How many times this episode did we see her crazy eyes? I I can remember at least two, if not three times.
1: Uh, We saw crazy eyes once in the hall, once in the room, once in the meeting. Uh, Oh, yeah, the
0: meeting. I forgot about that.
1: Once in the dragon. Uh, Yeah and then at least once or twice in King's in front of King's Landing, depending upon how you want to look at it. So at least five or six.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I like I, I like the storytelling in that it's not so cut and dry. Like, hey, I definitely know what's going to happen in the next two episodes. No, I have no fucking clue. I, I, I know some things, or I can surmise some things, but I like that they're guess- keeping us guessing. Um, all right, so next up, was the war room scene and Danny is hell bent on doing her thing it, you know I gotta say Danny irritated me because she was so worried about like well Cersei's just calling herself the queen and I'm the real queen and it's like for fuck's sakes man this is all just the title but that's part of this fucking show so I have to accept it but inside I'm like screaming um they came up with an case okay strategy Sansa Kind of shit on it, like you and I've already kind of talked about. And yes, they should have waited at least a week. Like there was there was no r- rhyme or reason. Like, even at that moment, we all knew there was no rhyme or reason to march immediately on King's Landing. But Danny won't listen. Like, she's been stubborn this whole series. Why would she change now? Pussy Whip John's like nah, Danny's right. And <sighs> You know, Danny's like all the people under me will be treated cruelty free, and I'll be the rightful queen
1: we'll and free range peasants everywhere we go.
0: Yeah, I, like I don't know. This was basically a scene just to prove how stubborn and how bad Danny was, right? Like, it, uh, I think the-
1: to the, do that and to clarify some of what happened at the end of the episode before, because you know, we got the whole okay, half of the unsullied are gone, half of the the uh north forces are gone you know so that cleared up you know like were all the unsullied killed is Grey Worm the only one left or all the dothraki dead you know that kind of shit
0: yeah that definitely gave us a tally sheet if you will um and then of course it, it led to <laughs> everybody leaving and then Arya just like getting in the way of john and so like I love that. I I just loved Arya standing in front of Jon, and I was like, oh, this is good. I don't know. I was excited. I, I I enjoyed it. And of course, that leads us to the Starks by the tree, and uh, they're all giving Jon shit. <laughs> um, but Arya did say that Jon was right. You know that they needed Danny. Um, I don't know. It, it was a. I really liked the scene. I don't know. Uh, Was there anything extra in this scene that you enjoyed?
1: Well, the only thing I can come up with to answer your earlier question about the title is basically at this point in this scene, you know, at this point we've had Bran say, hey, I'm not going to be Lord of Winterfell because I'm not really a, a man anymore. So he's not a Stark. We've had John finally tells them that he's not, I mean, he's a Stark, but he's not fully a Stark. You know, like they thought he was. Arya takes off later on to do her own shit, and she thinks she's gonna die, so she's counting herself out. So maybe, I don't know, maybe this is supposed to be Sansa's episode? Sansa's the last of the Starks? I don't
0: know. It's as good of a theory as I've heard, because I haven't heard any of the theories. So, yay, by default. it makes sense, though. I mean, it really does, because under that rationale, Sansa is the last Stark, I guess, so... Um, I also kind of liked that scene. Represented how every character has grown from day one to now. That like each one had their own trait that was very specifically showing their growth from season one to season eight. I I, I really liked the 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 scene itself.
1: Um, I mean, I like right. the I like the fact that like even when he finally given the opportunity to John still can't come out and say it so he has to have Bran do it
0: and Bran is just so so nonchalant so above everybody else he's just like yep this is what it is and like no emotion just let's it all out I love it um
1: so John is our cousin and he's been banging his aunt
0: and her aunt thinks, it's, aunt thinks it's okay because that's
1: Targaryen life. Hey, we, John we, thinks it's okay too. So <laughs> he's not arguing that one. Right.
0: I can't blame him. Um, all right. Next up was probably one of the biggest scenes, or at least one of the better scenes for me this whole episode Tyrion, Jamie talking. Um, God, Tyrion asking Jamie what Brienne is like down there. That made me laugh. And then along comes fucking Bronn. Perfect time to have him. Bronn was super aggressive, verbally owned. Both male Lannisters, and they're both, you know, pretty good talkers. Uh, I love the whole line about, well, what's double River- Riverrun? Eh, it's Highgarden. So... Then Highgarden will never belong to cutthroats, and Bronn just fucking shits all over the Lannisters again. I, I, I really liked the hell out of this scene. What's your take on it?
1: Uh, I mean, this this scene right there is why I didn't think Tyrion and Jamie were both going to die in the battle for Winterfell. I was like, you you send him up there with with you know too much wind up with the whole crossbow and all that shit. If you killed them off before that, then. What the hell is the whole point of that scene? Um, yeah, I liked it. I mean, I had an argument with my brother last night about it because he was like, oh, I didn't say it. But I was like, you said Bron was not going to kill him because he's best friends with them. He's like, I did not say it. I was like, obviously, you know, Bron is showing that, you know, just like I would. If you use me and use me and use me and fucking fuck me over every single time, eventually you're going to be able to stop using me because I'm going to fucking grow some balls and smack you in the nose. You broke my fucking nose. No, I didn't. (laughs) I've been breaking noses since I was your size.
0: (laughs) And then I love, like, Tyrion's like, Hey, you want to come fight for us? He's like, No, my days of fighting are over, but I still got a few more days of killing left. I love that. (laughs) I don't know. I, I remember during that scene, I was actually thinking about you and I having the conversation two weeks ago you know, about this. So yes, you were in my head during this fucking scene, actually. Uh, really liked it. And I don't know, deep down inside, it makes me giggle thinking that Ron could be the uh, Lord of Highgarden. I don't know to go from the Tyrells to that. That's pretty fucking funny to me.
1: It also, uh, well, I was watching an interview with George R. R. Martin, uh, recently where he was actually talking about like characters who got bigger, uh, or more important based on, like, who played them. And one of the people he talked about was Braun. And he's like, you know, Jerome Flynn was such a, a good choice for him that, you know, I want to write more for him as a character because of who's played him.
0: Have you actually ever, like, looked up some of, like, Jerome Jerome Flynn's singing?
1: No, I didn't know he sings. But, um, yeah, I've seen yeah. him in a couple other things, like Ripper Street and um, Black Mirror. And yeah, he's a really good actor. So
0: He... he- I guess he's a professional singer, so I, I think he started singing before he started acting, honestly. So. Uh, I
1: mean, look at the fact that, like, Jared Leto's won Oscars. I never would have fucking expected that from a musician.
0: No, I, I never liked his music either, but... I'll tell you the role that won me over, uh, Requiem for a Dream. That, that movie... I don't know. That That was... That's still one of my... I, it's arguably in my top ten favorite films of all time. So, I'm a little biased.
1: I find it fucking disturbing as fuck. But, yeah, it's a really well-made, well-done movie.
0: It's a movie that should be shown in every fucking high school. Be like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do drugs. I don't know. Maybe it would affect somebody. I don't yeah,
1: know. Yeah, like I, I think shit like that. Shit like American History X. You know, look at... This is how fucking stupid your hate is. You know? Yep.
0: Yep, I agree. And... Wow, you just named another one of my top 10 favorite movies, so kudos. Um next up we had a scene that we've already kind of talked about, Hound is out on his horse eating what I'm guessing may have been jerky of some kind, and then of course there is Arya following him and typical Hound response. They both have unfinished business and neither plan on coming back. Uh damn, like I I I don't know. For some reason, I'm expecting the Hound to live. I I don't think Arya's is gonna live, but I don't know. Do you think both are gonna die?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, if you had asked me a couple of years ago, and you're like, yeah, but the plot armor has been really strong with certain people in this last season, so
0: yeah. I mean, Arya's got her big kill. Like, she I don't want to say she's expendable, but she's had her moment. If she dies. It'll even be another big moment. I I think Arya's just whatever. She'll get complacent. Something I don't know, but I yeah I can see her dying. Hound, Hound needs to have something. He hasn't had his full. He hasn't had that one moment. He still do a moment. When, would you not agree?
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, come on, Clegane ball You know it's happening. It's happening. It's <sighs> I, not going I to
0: cannot work. wait. <laughs> I, I truly cannot wait for that. That I don't know. That at, moving forward now, I mean, cause Azora High is already taken care of, uh Bowl Bowl's really the thing that I'm clinging on to the most, I think. So um <laughs> next up was the uh, Tyrion and Sansa scene, and you know, Sansa you know tells tells him that she doesn't think Danny's gonna be a good queen. Um you know, Tyrion senses something, tells her that, you know, Sansa will be a true power in the north, which also kind of alludes to the name of the episode, perhaps. Um, Sansa says that Tyrion fears Danny. Um, she doesn't want John to go to the capital, because Starkman doesn't do well there. Tyrion responds that John has said that he isn't a Stark, which I like that line. She turns away. Tyrion believes that Danny wants a peaceful place, and then, you know, Sansa asks him, "What if there's someone else, someone better?" Um, my first question to you—I think I asked this in the blog at nine deuce dot slash blog slash. Does Tyrion fear Danny?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't think he's like scared scared of her, but yeah, I think he's uh, he's seen been around for enough of the bad shit that she's done. Um, in order to, you know, have that idea, and is, is she fucking following her dad, you know, kind of shit. But I mean, if that's the case, then I don't understand why they wouldn't be asking. Well, is John going to follow his great uncle? So,
0: fair enough, fair enough. Um, like, you knew, like, you knew that she was going to tell Tyrion, right? Like, that that seemed like a given, or were you unsure?
1: And once John told, you know, it's like, who's, whose uh, telephone, you know, cup and string is going to be the fucking next person <laughs> to fucking get it.
0: It's high school all over again, right?
1: Yeah, they even bring it up. They're like, well, eight of us know. Oh, well, that'd be 53 by tomorrow and, you know, thousands <laughs> by the day after. It, yeah, I, it was It was funny.
0: I, I feel like we may not get many more Tyrion and Sansa scenes and I I love their chemistry. I, I love how those two act together, I, I guess. Like they're one of the better pairing. Like I think Arya and the Hound is possibly my favorite pairing. Braun with Jamie and Tyrion's always been a, a pleasurable thing, but Sans and Tyrion's right up there for me. I don't know. Because the show is always about pairing two people up so they can have a close conversation, sometimes in the garden. Um, next up, we had uh, John, Tormund. Uh John doesn't want to weigh down <laughs> r- r- Regal. regal uh, <laughs> and Tor- Torman says, you weigh as much as two fleas fucking. And once again, Torman gets the good lines. Um, there's another
1: one of my favorite lines from this episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so good. I, yeah, I, I, I had to write it down. Uh, Tormund says he's going to take his people north when winter passes. Jon asks him to take Ghost. Hey, there's Ghost he looks like hell. Don't know why he looks like hell because we didn't see anything last week but hey, Ghost apparently got some action. Um, Tormund kind of seems like he's trying to convince Jon to come up north. Um then John says this is farewell. Tormund says, you never know. Tormund leaves. Sam and Gilly show up. Gilly's pregnant. Sam's all fucking peacocky and, you know, if it's a boy, they're gonna name it John and John hopes it's a girl. They hug. Ghost whimpers and John mounts up like Warren G and Nate Dog to regulate along with Davos. Um, So I have a bunch of questions from this. One, do you see this as John's farewell to Tormund, Sam, and Gilly, and possibly Ghost?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that they're gone. We're not going to see them again. Maybe for like one second at the end of episode six, but, you know, I think that was it for them being serious regulars, which they should be happy with because they got to live.
0: I, I have a feeling we're going to see Tormund one more time because he said you never know. I don't know. It just... Plus, I also kind of feel like...
1: Is he going to come into King's Landing, save John's ass, but riding ghost?
0: (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) That would make me so fucking happy.
1: Like a Boris Vallejo painting?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'd I'd be beyond happy. Um... I don't know. I could also see Sam, like, I always pictured Sam as, like, at the end of the show being the Grand Maester for whoever was ruling King's Landing. It always seemed like his destiny to me, but maybe not. I I don't know. This, to me, definitely felt like a farewell to, to everybody, though, in its own way. And if it is, like, all those characters had really good, you know, stories. Gilly looked really good. Um, Now, so Tormund's going to be waiting in Winterfell until winter passes. Is that correct?
1: Uh, I don't think it was necessarily supposed to be until winter passes, because again, winter could last fucking years and years and years. But I think, you know, like, there was supposed to be, like, a storm going on, and he was going to be waiting for the, the storm to recede somewhat to, like, one of the calmer periods of winter before he headed back up to castle black. And then from what I understood from what he was saying, after winter was over, they were going to take all of the wildlings who were left north of the wall. They're going to stay at the wall for the rest of the winter.
0: Castle black's pretty much completely fucked, right?
1: No, castle black. Um, I mean, they repaired the gates after the fucking, um, the battle for the wall. So, no, I mean, it was the one that was for East Watch by the Sea, was the one that got blown up by the ice dragon. So. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's really not much. Yeah. Like I said, it's a good farewell. As you said, you know, they all lived longer than, you know, you usually get to live in this show. Uh, <laughs> uh, next up, we had. We just had a lot of stuff going on. Tyrion and Varys have a chat, and although I found it important, they have a chat later on, and I'd rather touch on both things when we get to that point. Um, We saw Grey Worm and Missandei holding hands on a boat, and I don't know about you, but as soon as I saw two people happy in this show, I was like, somebody's fucked.
1: Right? I don't know. Did you... Yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't like the good fucked. Yeah,
0: yeah, not not the good fucked. I mean,
1: maybe that's gone out of the show since, you know, Littlefinger died, and we don't have prostitutes hanging around all the time anymore. But
0: if I could bring back any character, Littlefinger may be my guy that I would bring back because he always kept shit interesting. If, If nothing else, he always kept shit interesting for me. So. I'm, and I miss the hooers. Um, so basically, we see the fucking scorpions taking out... Re- Is it Rhaegal? Yes. Okay. yes.
1: You're passing, it correctly.
0: And then the fucking taking out those boats and Tyrion running around trying to avoid the the fucking big-ass arrows, harpoons, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, Sunday's obviously got captured... Euron looking like a goddamn hoss, Cersei's pumped, and Danny is still insistent on moving forward, despite Varys objecting. I know I just covered probably like 10 to 15 minutes of the episode, uh, I, I thought the Regal death was really well done, if not brutal which I guess makes it well done for me. What were your thoughts on everything?
1: All right. Everything that I had wanted to talk about this week came up in this period of time because, like, there's so much, like, all right. So my wife, for example, just posted something on Facebook today, and it's a picture of, like, Euron looking up at the sky, and then he sees a dragon, and there's one of the banners that, like, airplanes carry around behind it, and it says, You're not the father. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. It just made me laugh. But, um... Yeah, like he, it's like crazy impossible, like the shit that he does, and I fucking love it. Um, so I was reading a forum post, and uh, this guy says his name is Dystech, Distec D I S T E C. To credit, give credit where it is due. He's like, my brother and I just really want the show to go Max on from here on out, just to have him gradually morph into a pirate from now to the end, you know, with a pet, eye patch and a parrot, have him constantly and maniacally yarring. That's I can't. while well, he makes perverse, shitty smiles at the other at the other, at the other characters in the camera. Oh. Have, him, have him literally surf his fucking ship. Surf his fucking ship from the bow of the boat while he dual wields cutlasses, even deep into dry land. Oh. Have him have him popping out with the boat. <laughs> 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 Oh God damn it. Every scene will be inter- <laughs> interrupted by Euron... <laughs> I can't even fucking say it. <sighs> <sighs> by Euron crashing through a court- courtyard <laughs> or a stone wall <laughs> like Kool-Aid Man. <laughs> <laughs> <earned> <laughs> oh, yeah. Or <laughs> <earned laughs> into one of Bran's memories. <laughs> or that, that's great. fucking shit up and putting his f- fingers in people's bones. <laughs> oh, so unnecessary
0: and so necessary.
1: I'd like him to transform to some, like, Shiva-like whirling dervish of death by the end of it. Oh, like somebody from Dragon Ball Z. Like, I was reading this and I was laughing out loud. Every time I read it I laugh out loud. This guy just fucking cracked me up with it. I was like, <sighs> it's like the whole like showing up in Brandon's memory and putting his finger in somebody's paw. <laughs> Dude, I'm sweating from laughing, so. Like, imagine, imagine if that's why the Night King wants to kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: shit. Man. Yo, know, speaking of pirates, where the fuck's that other pirate that Davos was friends with? Do you.
1: No, uh, yeah, no, didn't he say he was that was it after he helped Davos this one time he wasn't gonna help him again?
0: Didn't Davos like meet him like in a hot tub and basically give him a bunch of money though?
1: I believe that was before that, but yes.
0: Okay. Yeah, I kinda missed that dude. He was very charismatic. Like, I'd just like to see him and Euron on the same screen and like have a conversation. That's a pairing that I would have enjoyed. <sighs> all right, uh... <laughs> there was a lot going on.
1: <laughs> I, I want to <laughs> know how Euron's ships can like magically teleport around all the oceans, and how he can snipe dragons through a mountain with a fucking crossbow. But other than that, yeah, like, the Rhaegal scene was fucking out of nowhere, too, which was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, uh... Yeah, that... It, <sighs> You know what? If if Danny can make it from where the fuck she was, to help John take on the Ice King, back in season seven in like ten minutes, uh, anything's possible. I I think that broke now, the logic scale.
1: Maybe maybe she's lucky. Maybe the dragon that had the tracking device on him was the one who got taken out. So now they won't be able to find her if she flies around later on.
0: And to me, am I wrong in saying like they were silly not to expect? Like they knew that Euron had a fleet. They knew that the gold company was involved, and yet, like they're just like, no, nah, we're going to just have smooth sailing. Wasn't that just? I don't know. Too cocky? Too ambitious? I, I don't know. I
1: would. I would. I mean, for me, like he's got a fleet, yeah, but like there's like fucking thousands of island or miles of coast, right? Not only that, but like if they're getting ready to invade King's Landing and they know that they're already getting ready to invade King's Landing because Cersei at this point has already started inviting the peasants into the the Red Keep. That way if Danny attacks she'll have to slaughter, you know, her own subjects. I would imagine that they would have the fleet defending King's Landing rather than, you know, hundreds of miles away waiting around the harbour to Dragon's Mouth or Dragonstone to um yeah, you know, which has no strategic value other than the fact that if somebody randomly shows up with dragons, you can kill one.
0: Yeah, and how many times have we have like, how many times have we seen meetings at Dragonstone? I feel like that place is just like a convenient place. I, I don't know. It's a place of convenience.
1: It's probably like fifteen minutes away from like where the actors like sleep, so they're just like, oh yeah, you know. Makeup will only be like 45 minutes. You can get in there and fucking everybody will be done.
0: Makes sense. Um, I I love, and I'll go over this a little more, but I loved Cersei. I I loved how she acted this whole episode. Like She was like, "Eh, I got my shit together. I'm not worried. I'm not scared. I'm doing everything the right way. I, I just, I liked her cockiness throughout this whole thing and obviously we'll talk about more uh probably uh, possibly the most important scene to me was Varys and Tyrion discussing things after this whole thing happened and Varys is making good arguments Tyrion also makes good arguments but uh, I'm going to side with Varys on What's best for the realm? At any point, do you see Tyrion changing his mind on backing up Danny, or is he just in it for life?
1: Uh, uh yeah. However short that is, um,
0: was that a short joke?
1: Uh, well, short in height and short in length, you know. So
0: it worked on multiple levels.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's less that like. Tyrion is, like, all super gung-ho, and more like Tyrion just wants to believe in somebody without having to transfer his allegiance again. I, I, mean, I like, feel that he like doesn't he say, want to keep... Like he change, says like to Varys, he, like, how many kings have you served now? Five?
0: Yeah, yeah, five or six, he said, yeah.
1: And, you know, Varys, to us, makes the completely legitimate choice of saying, you know, I'm, I'm here to represent the you know, millions of people who have no say in what goes on, you know, and that fact that they should be able to live without, you know, worrying about being killed, you know, they should be able to eat, they should not have to worry about their children being murdered. You know, nobody's looking out for them. So, I mean, yeah, that, that shows it's good. But, yeah, it, I mean, they both had valid points. I don't understand why they, like, they, th- I still don't understand, like, the whole John and Danny shouldn't marry argument. You know, like at this point that would be like the one thing that could fucking save everything you know in regards to like the stupid political shenanigans that the allies are throwing in their own way
0: yeah uh, i mean it's it's like making problems just for the sake of adding drama to a situation that doesn't doesn't necessarily need any more drama but damned if we ain't hooked on it type thing i i'm curious how how and if if Varus makes the transition to somehow trying to support Jon, I'm curious how he's going to make that transition because, like, two scenes later we see Varus. I think he's right. Was he right next to Danny, or was it him, Grey Worm, Danny, and Tyrion? I don't remember the order, but he was right there. So yeah, if it it was just. I'm really curious how Varys is going to play this out. Like, I'm sure you probably saw this episode and thought, you know, Kent's going to be very happy because Varys finally got to do something this week. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited to see what happens. And, uh, you know, I'm going with my bold, stupid prediction that by, you know, in two weeks' time, two Sundays from now, at the end, Varys will be sitting on the Iron Throne. That is my great prediction. That will not come true, but I'm sticking to it. And I'll be wrong. I know I'm going to be wrong, but that's what I'm sticking with right now. um, Moving on. We had uh, Jamie hearing the news about what happened. Uh, Sansa being fucking high school teenage bitch extremes like, yeah, I would have really liked to have been there when Cersei got executed. And like you don't blame her, but simultaneously you probably just don't say that to Jamie, I guess. And then Jamie's in the bedroom. Brian, he bails, Brian tries to convince Jamie to stay. Jamie can't do it. He details all the things that he has done for Cersei. And I, I think my favorite line was She's hateful and so am I. Uh this basically cemented that I mean we already knew, but I mean that if if, if anybody didn't know, like this, this was the final reminder like, hey, Jamie's gonna die, right?
1: Yeah, I mean this that's basically the only place this arc has to go from this point, you know. I think um you know, you're gonna see that he became a decent person in the end. I don't think he's going back to Cersei just to like lick her feet or kiss her ass or whatever. Um but uh yeah he's 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 not going to be the one ending up with Brienne and that happy little farm somewhere after the show is over
0: all right so if you had to guess do you think how, how do you think Jamie's going to try to reason with Cersei do you think he's going to be very blunt about it do you think he's going to be manipulative about it
1: I I don't think he's going there to reason with her at all. I think he's going there to finish it, finish it, you know, one way or the other. And I think the fact that he's got just a gold, you know, hand is going to be one of the things that contributes to him fucking getting got.
0: I could see the mountain cutting his other hand off, and then finishing Jamie off. That that that's something I've been thinking about the past couple of weeks. It'd be you know because then. Jamie just can't really protect himself all that well. It'd be, I don't know, it'd be interesting, I would say. Um, and, and now, like, I mean, f- this probably isn't Brienne's, like, last scene or anything, but I think she's kind of fulfilled her role in the show, by and large. Like, I don't, I don't foresee her having a huge role moving forward unless Sansa somehow ends up on the Iron Throne, which I doubt... Do you, do you think she's served her role, or do you think there's more to come for? Her?
1: I think there's more to come for her because I, mean, I think she's going to need to be there in order, you know, to show Jamie, you know, what he's giving up, kind of stuff. You know, if
0: do you, do you think she's going to go to King's Landing?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think she will.
0: Okay. I didn't think she would. That. Hmm. I didn't even consider it. I just thought she would just stay there to protect Sansa. Hmm, Interesting. All right. You gave me something to think about. Uh anything else before we get on to the big, big finale?
1: No, I just like the way that Cersei I mean, I really think she is pregnant at this point. Because I don't think she would be oh, well, I don't think Kyburn would have lied about it. You know, when uh right. she told Euron that the baby was his and you know, Kyburn nodded yes, she's pregnant.
0: Yeah, I think she's pregnant. I just don't think that baby's ever going to see the light of day. But, um, alright. So if you've watched the episode, you you already know how everything went here. Danny's crew meets up with Cersei's at the walls. And, uh, Tyr- Tyrion and Kyburn have this discussion. And part of me is just like, Tyrion, what the fuck did you expect Kyburn to say? Like, Kyburn can't say anything beyond, like, what Cersei's wishes were. Like it it is what it is. Like he wasn't gonna be like, you know what, I'm just gonna defy Cersei right at this because you know, I wanna die? I don't know. Um You know, they talk Tyrion talks about how he doesn't want carnage and Kyburn, you know, he doesn't really want it either, but he doesn't have the power to go against it. Then Tyrion has his plea with Cersei. Um Did you notice, like, I don't know, one of the things I noticed was just how gigantic that ring was on Cersei's finger. Um, You know, Tyrion tried rationalizing, like, hey, you can still live, you just gotta leave the throne, and you can, your baby doesn't have to die, you don't have to die. Then Cersei's heard enough, Missandei's last words, Dracaris, Mountain does what Mountain does... And Tyrion has, you know, looks back at Danny, and Danny has had enough, and that kind of wrapped it up. So, what were the uh, important things that you took away from from all this? I guess
1: definitely crazy eyes, Danny. I I think I don't think anybody would be happy at this point with Cersei keeping the Iron Throne. I think like she's just said way too many like smug smiles as she had somebody executed or fuck somebody over that i don't think even like the most diehard cersei fan from the beginning would be like oh i want her to end up on the iron throne yeah
0: i i agree i mean normally i am that guy that would <laughs> be that dickish but no there's a few people i'd rather have on the iron throne so i agree with you
1: I think now too that Grey Worm's gonna live because if he dies it just makes it kinda easy, but if he lives now he can suffer and it feels like they really like that in their characters.
0: Alright. I have a I have a theory that is completely bullshit, but I really want you to hear me out on this. Alright. We know that the prophecy for Cersei was that she was gonna lose her three children. Now, Danny has lost two of her most important people, with only one person remaining for like from the old school, which would be Grey Worm, and she's lost two of her children. I keep saying that there's, they're going to tie together Danny losing three. I don't know whether it's going to be Grey Worm or Drogon. I think she's losing one or the other. I, I, I don't know. I, I have this gut feeling that somehow that's going to get come together in some weird way. I don't know. Also, I, I kind of like how they humanized Qyburn a little bit more than, I don't know, he hasn't really been, he's just kind of been like this lackey, I don't know, I like how they humanized him in this scene.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't to disagree with you or not, but no, he they did a good job. Um, I, as for your theory, I have no clue. I mean, maybe. Oh, m- maybe my theory's
0: probably going to be complete bullshit, dude. Uh, most likely. 90 90- 9% likely, but still my theory. If everybody else can have a theory on Reddit, why can't I? Good point. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> so, um, in the moment, Missande, you know, says Drakaris, is it spiteful or is it sticking to the plan? Or is it both?
1: I was super surprised when she didn't try to grab Cersei and jump over the edge. I was like, that's the only reason I could have thought her saying something like that. I don't think there was a plan for her to get captured. I mean, for her to get captured and died, what the, what the fuck is the plan? I mean, the other thing that I get out of the scene is, wow, they must have put, like, every fucking craftsman in the kingdom together fashioning those fucking scorpions, because it's like, there's no way that dragon's getting anywhere near that fucking city.
0: So... All right, so I had this conversation with Raylene, and she's like, well, can't they just put armor on the dragon? I'm like, not unless you put super thick armor, and then if you put too heavy of an armor, I don't think the dragon could fucking fly, right? Like,
1: Yeah, the, the heavier you make it, the harder it is to fly. I mean, I remember when I was uh, in Iraq, and we had our, our vehicles with armor, and the, um, the Iraqi police guys that we were working with were trying to figure out some way to put some kind of armor on um, uh, like the, the pickup trucks that they were driving around with us in. And, you know, they, they tried as hard as they could and they broke so many axles of the vehicles by putting so much weight on. And they finally found, you know, like, okay, this, this metal is thick enough, but it weighs this little that we can put it on and it won't actually cause the, the truck's axles to snap. And then they took one of their, um, so they got it on there. They were looking like it was a Humvee. They took one of their AKs and they shot at it once and it just went straight through all that stuff. So, I mean, even, even if they armored it up, uh, crossbow bolts and stuff like that is designed straight to go through armor. Like the biggest enemy of, of a knight back before the gunpowder was a crossbow because it would just go straight through that stuff. Didn't matter how thick you made it. You know, It had just enough force to punch right through the, the metal plate
0: makes sense uh, so like is it reasonable to suggest that there's going to be some way that the quote unquote good guys find a way to nullify the scorpions or do you think the dra- Like, I can't imagine the dragon being rendered useless uh, so I don't know would, how do you see that do you see the dragon being rendered useless or do you see them somehow destroying the scorpions somewhere
1: I don't know. I mean, at this point, I would not have lined up outside of the King's Landing in range of all of those things with only, like, the goddamn 16 unsullied I had left total and my one dragon on the ground. Yeah, I mean, that just seemed like a fucking stupid thing from the get-go.
0: Oh, I, well, I mean, shit, They Cersei had, like, 40 archers drawing on Tyrion. I'm like, I know that was just, like, a tactic to, like, intimidate, but it was just, like... Alright, if was you like, really I, want to, just fucking kill everybody and just be done with it, Cersei. Yeah, I, was,
1: I was like, seriously, at this point the Game of Thrones is over. There's no way John's taking her out by himself. He's like, oh well, time to bend the knee. You killed the queen I worship, now I'll worship you, okay? It,
0: Cersei was way too penisy. Like, I, honestly, if you're Cersei at that moment, don't you just try to take everybody out? Right?
1: Yeah, I've been like, fuck my elephants, go get those guys.
0: Well, I wouldn't say fuck the elephants because I still want to see the elephants. But yeah, honestly, like you take out the Dragon Queen, you you have like the dragons not a a true threat because you have the scorpions and that small fucking armies of no, like Cersei completely underplayed, which was their downfall. Which is, I mean, isn't that typical Lannister though to be a little too cocky and yeah, I don't know that. That whole thing just was illogical to me. Out of everything that was illogical I think this scene was by far the most illogical because Cersei could have just won it. There. I feel.
1: I uh, mean we, we've already seen what happens when you turn the uh, scorpions on stuff that's not uh, a dragon and it still fucks shit up. So I mean literally they had enough there that they could just like started lobbing bolts and fucking killed everybody. They could have killed the dragon before he fucking got off the ground.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, could you imagine one of those scorpions just firing? Like, it would take out like a complete row of fucking unsullied, like nothing. It, it's, I, I don't know. I guess Cersei kind of wants to see like what the gold company. Like, she wants to get her money's worth out of the gold company. Uh, I, that's the only thing I could think of. Either way, of stupid. I, I, I thought. Um. Yeah, uh, I'll ask you. You know, we saw in one of Brand's visions, I think it was like Danny was near the throne but like it was snowing inside. What do you make of that?
1: Uh what was this?
0: I don't now I'm not sure if Danny was in it, but I know we saw a Dragon Shadow up here. It was one of Brand's visions, either season six or season seven. And you could see the throne and you could see Snow was in it, as if like you know, the yeah, castle whatever something something got fucked basically which is actually what led to everybody thinking that the night king was going to go to king's landing that was part of the big theory
1: uh i'm not sure i don't mean i don't remember the, the vision so I, okay,
0: okay. I, I mean i i sit there and i think like they had to show that vision for a reason i feel I don't know. It's just why why ha- why record that if there's nothing to it. So I feel like there's a hint there somewhere, but I don't know how to decipher it. I guess is my point. Or maybe it was a scene. See, I, once again, I can't really remember if Danny was actually in that scene or if it was just the shadow, the throne, and the snow. I don't fully remember. So it could have been like from way in the past. I I, I don't know, but. I don't know. I keep thinking about that scene and I feel like it's going to play a part somehow. I don't know. Uh, so, I had a question. I forgot it. I wrote it down because I finally thought about it. And I, I guess this would be more of a question for next week, but I'll definitely forget it by then. If, if John ends up on the Iron Throne, I would like to know who you think would be John's hand and who would be like leader of his knights guard like who do you think john would put like as his posse i guess
1: Ooh, that's a good question thank you like i would have ex- i would have expected sam to be the grand master like again like you said that just seemed to be where they were trying to make him go
0: sure i i think i, I don't know I, I think either i think davos might be the hand if John,
1: yeah. I mean yeah at at this point he is his hand so not making him his oh well you were my hand when i was the king in the north but now that i'm the king of kings landing we got to, we've got to upgrade
0: you know? right like it's the king's guard right like that's i'm not getting this wrong right like
1: yeah no the king the king's guard they were the uh, the people who fucking you know protected the king until Jamie stabbed the king in the back
0: and that's who like Barristan Selmy was right
1: yeah okay
0: yep. I could see... I mean, I could see John being like, Hey, Hound, you want to do this? And him be like, Fuck off, you little cunt.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be... It would be interesting. I mean, we we already know, like, Gendry can't be because now he's going to be, you know, uh, Duke or Lord or whatever the hell they want to fucking make him.
0: And Tormund... Would, I, I can't picture Tormund being a part of the Smell Council or anything like that, you know?
1: No, I mean, if they were going to keep the 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 wildlings south of the wall, then I would say it would make sense because then, yeah, you would have you know somebody to be there for the small the wildlings to represent them. But if they're going right back north of the wall and they're not going to be part of the uh, the kingdom, then
0: right, yeah, I, I guess I'll ask the same question: if Danny takes the throne. We, we, you know, as long as Tyrion stays alive, which is questionable, but if Tyrion stays alive, he would still end up being the Hand, most likely. Who do you think would, Grey Worm would head up the Kingsguard, most likely, right?
1: See, yeah, then I'm like, are you? I don't fucking know. I mean, (laughs) no one's going to assassinate you while I can steal all their faces. I mean, I don't. Definitely, definitely not brought that, unless he's like, Brown, you want to be the, the Duke of Hightower and the Kings? I don't know.
0: Right, I don't know. I, it was something that, like I said, it would be make more sense to ask it next week, because, let's face it, next week, if we don't get a ton of big kills, I feel it's reasonable to say that at least three 3 to 5 characters that are well known will get got because I I don't know do do you see a good portion of that f- like war happening next week, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it has to if we're going to have some kind of denouement at the end. Otherwise, it's just going to be way too much shit crammed into one episode.
0: Uh, so, I mean, I think it's fair game to say Cersei, Jamie, Possibly Tyrion, uh, Mountain Hound, Arya are all entirely fair game at the at this rate, in my opinion. Plus, Euron and Kybern Q- are, I think, are almost givens. Yeah. So, I mean, shit. Yeah, I just named eight characters, and out of those eight, I can make a good argument for maybe. You know, two or three of them, but by and large, I, I think there's going to be a lot of big deaths next week. Because I, I don't think the final episode's going to be so much. Maybe there will be like one or two deaths, but I, I think this Sunday is going to be the last big death week. Big body count, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um. So, so by next week when we're doing this podcast. Do you think we will actually Know who's going to be on the Iron Throne?
1: Uh, no I think, I think we'll have the majority Of the deaths but I think whoever Actually is going to end up on the Iron Throne is going to be decided In the last episode I, I think that's I, fair I could be wrong though They could fucking leave us with a cliffhanger in episode 5 And still have you know Fighting to do to, to finish off So who the fuck knows
0: Yeah, I'm really curious.
1: some people do, because it's already been done. But we
0: don't. I, I mean, I think it would make sense to pretty much kill off this war and then have whatever political nonsense. Like, I don't know. I'd kind of like to see at the end, like, see where all of our major characters ended up kind of doing, which I think that's how this show would make sense to go out, is to show... Braun and Highgarden and Gendry. Well, we're probably not going to waste time on Gendry, but you you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. If you had to predict a surprise character that you know wouldn't necessarily be predicted to die, do you have any names in your mind?
1: Uh, I. I mean, at this point, we're only looking at like maybe what three people we would be surprised if they died.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, according to the blog, you had everybody pretty much dying (laughs) except for Davos.
1: (laughs) Okay. I mean, like, the only ones I would be really surprised if they died would be, at this point, would be, like, Jon and Sansa. A, because, like, Sansa's up in Winterfell and what the fuck's gonna happen to her up there? Sure. And Jon, because at this point they've gone to so much work to make Jon seem like he should be the hero, even if he isn't the hero of the story, to make him seem like he should be. Like, like I mean, immediately as soon as people find out that he's, he's a Targaryen with a claim on the throne, they're like, oh, he'd be a fucking perfect choice, better than Danny. And you know, it's hard to disagree with him. <laughs> but, um, I mean, like Danny's so fucking angry right now. She's in danger. Cersei's in danger. Jaime's in danger. I would be surprised if Brondi too, because he just disappeared and you know, like, out of nowhere, he would. Like, oh, the meteor fell out of the sky and fucking the Riverlands where Bran was hiding out, and now he's fucking dead. So,
0: yeah, Bran is an unlikely candidate. I think,
1: I think Bran is safe. Yara, like Yara, is so far out there now. I'd be mean, like, if she fucking died, you know, Mira Reed, you know, like if she shows up after three seasons. Oh and my like, god, oh, yeah, she fucking we found her body. That's why we didn't see her at the battle for Winterfell. I
0: would <laughs> be so happy if Mira showed up. It, that's that's the one character left that I want to see this season and I know it's not going to happen but I really god damn it I really want to see it happen um, I honestly if I had to pick a surprise person I, I'm going to go with Davos it would be one of those that isn't completely surprising but I still am of the mindset that John's going to be the one at the end and if he's going to be the one at the end it makes sense for Davos to be there by his side. So Davos is is like my sneaky. If I had to, if I had to bet money, I would either pick Davos to die or Euron to live through this episode.
1: Yeah, uh, I hope he does. I like Davos. He seems to be like one of those people too who gets like really into interviews when they interview him. Like,
0: oh yeah, yeah, he is. You know what? I kind of want Euron just to be taken prisoner, just so he could talk more shit. I I don't know. Like, I'm not gonna be upset if Euron doesn't die. I mean, I know he, you know, that's the poetic ending, whatever. But mm, put him put him in prison, let him talk
1: more. Is anybody against that? Uh, well, Theon's dead, so probably not. Maybe Yara. I don't know.
0: uh I'm I'm still curious. I don't know. Like, if we're going to see Yara again, I feel like that's been a 50 50 since the heroic rescue that took, like, no effort. God damn, that was a silly ass scene. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Do you have. I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts, questions?
1: Not really. I think we pretty much covered basically everything that we could in uh, this um, episode.
0: Yeah, I think we, we're just left with We're left with a basic plot That is simple enough to follow But plenty of questions That we'll still have coming next week Like we'll probably be asking a lot of the same Things and That's cool Like I feel, I feel that's a Testament to the writing For this show by and large Is that, I don't know It's nice to not know everything Or not know what to expect
1: Yeah, I agree I agree with you there.
0: All right. So, with that being said, uh, make sure to check out the blog because, goddamn, I think we're up to like seven or eight people now writing on the blog. Uh, every week, I'm trying to recruit new people, so um, check us out nine deuce dot com slash blogs slash uh, this podcast. See, I feel stupid to say where the podcast is because. If you're listening to the podcast, you already know where it is. But, hey, feel free to subscribe to us on iTunes. Go to 9deuce.com slash podcast slash or 9deuce.com slash kenter slash. And that's it for this week. Uh, Thanks for listening. For Chris, for myself. Sniff you jerks later.
1: Peace out, and uh, just wait for the Euron crossover where he's allying <laughs> his ship into parts of the Caribbean.
0: I'll, I'll invest in that. <laughs> <laughs>